We gather together at the start of this new year as people of many ages with diverse bodies in varied states of health and well-being, as many people of different orientations and identities with varied states and ways of relating, as people with many differing degrees of financial security and precarity, as people of many races, ethnicities and countries of origin as people of many theologies and religious orientations, as people each with our own particular life story to tell. Our stories are all woven together in our love for this community, with our tentative hopes and dreams and prayers for the year before us, with our hearts and minds and spirits ready to be touched by the year that is to come, with our hands and time and talents ready to be given to whatever the coming months may require of us. We gather together at the start of this new year with gratitude and love for those who have come before us, for all those who are gathered with us this morning, and for those who may yet still discover this spiritual home. May it be a good year. 
May it be a sweet year, despite everything. May it indeed be a happy new year for this, our beloved community. Here we're gathered, so come, let us worship together. These opening words, adapted from a piece by Deborah Hafner, welcome all who have gathered on Zoom this morning to take part in Kensington Unitarian's Sunday service. Welcome to members of this congregation, to friends and visitors who are with us today, and to all who may be listening to our podcast or watching this service on YouTube sometime in the future. My name's Jane Blackhall and I'm a member of the staff team here at Essex Church. I've been part of the congregation for over 21 years now, and I'm also a ministry student in my final year of training with Unitarian College. In this morning's service, we'll be reflecting on Julian of Norwich's famous saying, all will be well and we'll consider the comfort and the challenge it may offer us through life's many ups and downs. And there is certainly no shortage of ups and downs for us all to contend with right now. Eh? I wonder what state you find yourself in as you settle down for our Zoom service this morning. What's been on your mind, in your heart during this last week? How are you bearing up? Maybe some of us are full of beans. Maybe some of us are really struggling and quite low. Whoever you are, however you are, you are welcome in this gathering, just as we find you. Still, perhaps there's a lot of stuff that's going on that's hard to set aside for an hour while you come to church. But here you are, you made it. So let's take a moment to fully arrive and be here now. Let's take a breath. And perhaps if we can park some of that stuff that we carried that we arrived with just for now. It will keep for an hour while we turn our attention to matters of the spirit and take the time to savour this sacred space that we're co-creating with our presence, our commitment and our care. And in this hour, as we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable. It's absolutely fine to quietly lurk if that's what you want to do. You can keep your camera off, though of course it is lovely to see everyone's faces and get a sense of who's gathered here. There'll be opportunities to join in by speaking or singing as the service goes along. But again, if you feel like keeping your head down and staying quiet, that is absolutely fine by us. So I'll light our chalice now as we do each Sunday and at other times when we gather this simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and which reminds us of the proudly progressive historic religious tradition of which this online gathering is a part. I cannot pretend, and so I will not tell you that everything is okay right now, that there's no reason to be afraid or angry or disappointed, that you necessarily must be optimistic or at peace. I cannot pretend these things, and so I will not say them to you. But now our chalice is lit, and so all I ask in this moment is that we remember, despite it all, there is love. There is a love holding us, a love holding all. So by the light of our chalice, let us rest in that love. Let's take those joys and concerns into an extended time of prayer now. Um, this prayer incorporates a contemporary version of the 23rd Psalm, 
a traditional prayer that many people find familiar and comforting during hard times. This particular version is by the Unitarian Universalist minister, Kevin Tarser. You might first want to adjust your position for comfort. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Perhaps there's a posture you get into that makes you feel more prayerful, whatever works for you, to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together and be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that larger presence which holds us all. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune into your holding presence within us and amongst us. And let us bring to this time of prayer the whole unedited mess and muddle of our lives. All those joys and concerns, those gifts and needs that are interwoven through our days. And let us bring the awareness too that every living being has got their own mess and muddle to contend with. So many people the world over are carrying heavy burdens and are stretched almost beyond endurance right now. All of us could do with a little comfort at times to make it through the day and the night. Each one would be glad of a little courage and strength to help us do what needs to be done and help each other make it through to survive and even thrive in these oh so challenging times. And so, recalling the 23rd Psalm, we pray. May I remember in this tender moment that love is my guide always, shepherding me towards ways of openness and compassion. I have what I need, really, with love at my side, above me, below me, in front of me, behind me, inside every cell of me, love infused everywhere. Just when the weight of the world I inhabit threatens to drop me in place and press my hope down into the ground beneath me, love invites me to rest for a gentle while and leads the centre of my soul to the quiet, still, restoring waters nearby that somehow I had not noticed. And so love quietly sets me once again on its tender and demanding path. Even when the walls close around me and the cries of death echo around untold corners, gripping my heart with fear and sadness, I know, I know that all will be well, that I will be well, when love whispers near to me, glints at the corner of my eye, rests with gentle and persistent invitation upon my shoulders. Yes, love blesses me, even as the sources and symbols of my pain look on. Love blesses me from its infinite well, and I turn and notice that goodness and kindness and grace follow me everywhere, everywhere I go. I live in a house of love, love that will not let me go. I live in a house of love and always will. 
So let's take those words of the 23rd Psalm into a short time of shared stillness. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look ahead to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. All Will Be Well by Meg Barnhouse. All will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. This is one of the mantras used in Christian meditation tradition. I don't think it comes from a dewy-eyed Pollyanna, the woman to whom it is credited, Julian of Norwich, Dame Julian of Norwich, is the same one who, when her mule got stuck on a mountain road in a rainstorm, dismounted, shook her fist at the sky and shouted, God, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you don't have many. Lately, I've been experimenting with repeating, all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. I try it out in different situations. Sometimes I feel stupid affirming that all will be well. What about things that aren't well and don't look like they're ever going to be well? It's hard to see the whole picture from where I stand at this moment in my life. There's a story of a Chinese farmer who had a fine horse show up in his pasture one day. How marvelous, said the neighbors. Maybe, said the farmer. His son tried to ride the horse, and the horse threw him, breaking the son's leg. Oh, how awful, said the neighbours. Maybe, replied the farmer. Then the emperor's army came through the town to draft young men for war. The farmer's son was spared because of his broken leg. I can't tell in the grand scheme of life whether things are turning out well or not. To affirm that all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well is difficult for me. There are child abuses, torturers, and disease, and oil spills, and a multitude of other horrors in this world. But here is what I do know. I know that I have a choice between hope or despair when viewing the world and my future. Each choice has evidence in its favour. Each is affirmed and underscored by my life experience. How do I decide between them? I choose the one that brings the most joy, the most healing, the most compassion to my life and to the world. In despair, I'm no good to anyone. I stop functioning well. I drag through the days. I deal with horrors that haven't even happened yet. I don't enjoy my children, food, sex, or any of the other dazzling pleasures of my life. When my mother was dying of cancer, she said to me, Maggie, 
everything that happens to me is good. That was a statement of her faith. I was a cynical 23-year-old seminary student. My mother's faith sounded naive and silly. I was in despair over her suffering, but she was not in despair. And it was her suffering. Suddenly it seemed presumptuous to despair over her suffering when she was choosing not to. As I experiment with this mantra and risk feeling stupid, which is a feeling I despise, I ask myself, which is more stupid? To despair my whole life just in case things aren't going to end well? Or to live in joy and hope my whole life, whether or not things turn out well? I'm going to keep singing this mantra to my fears. All will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony, and thank you to UUA Minister Meg Barnhouse for telling us of her own reactions to this saying from Julian of Norwich, all will be well. I wonder what your relationship with this saying is. I first met it when I was a teenager, reading T.S. Eliot's poem, Little Gidding, the last of his major work, The Four Quartets, where it comes frankly as a considerable relief after many long pages of dense, descriptive, at times gloomy or confusing writing. He's not a lightweight poet, T.S. Eliot, is he? But reading those famous last lines, well, that can still leave me tingling. We shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. A condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. And all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. T.S. Eliot. I discovered, as Meg Barnhouse did, that Julian of Norwich was no lightweight either. As an anchorite, Mother Julian spent decades enclosed in a small space in the walls of a Norwich church. Oh, the thought of this still makes me shudder. But anchorites had someone to care for their needs and she would have had a cat, apparently, to keep uh, mice and rats at bay. She would have read extensively and received visitors who could talk to her through a small hole in the wall. Oh, and when we think of the tumultuous century that the 14th century was, with revolts and warfare and, worst of all, the Black Death Plague, estimated to have killed over half the population of Norwich. Well, in those circumstances, to have someone calmly praying in the walls of a church must have been a comfort for people. Her mystic writings, revelations of divine love, they are impressive, and they are regarded as the earliest surviving example of a work written in English by a woman. But Julian of Norwich's most famous words, all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Well, they never sat comfortably with me. Years ago, I went on a workshop where we were encouraged to create a mantra, a statement that could help us through the challenging times of our lives. My life then, both at home and at work, was full of challenge. 
I was sometimes physically afraid and I was really uncertain about the, the best ways forward. On that workshop, I finally understood what for me wasn't right with Julian of Norwich's All Will Be Well, because she was speaking of the future and I needed support in the present moment. So the mantra I came up with that day became, all is well and I am at peace. And I've used it ever since. And I've experienced comfort in knowing that all is well, despite everything sometimes. These words help me access wellsprings of peace and resilience with me, whatever circumstances I find myself in. Now, I know that some of you have sayings of your own that bring you comfort or resolve. So I'm going to suggest that we each now bring our own favourite mantra or saying into a time of meditation. I'll say a few words to lead us into silence and that will end with Sandra's piano version of Peter Cornelius's piece, Three Kings from Persian Lands Afar, which ends with the verse, the kings are travelling, travel with them. Star of mercy, star of grace shall lead thy heart to its resting place. Gold, incense, myrrh, thou canst not bring. Offer thy heart to the infant king, offer thy heart. It will soon be the Christian uh, feast of Epiphany. So let's take that imagery of wise ones crossing the desert of life and our own onward journeying into a time of meditation now. So you might like to get yourselves comfortable. Um, I know some people prefer to switch their camera off at this point or simply soften your gaze. We'll soon have a chalice flame to focus on here on our screens. If that helps you turn inwards, maybe adjust your posture now so we can rest easily. Maybe let those shoulders move up and then back and down to relax. Straighten your spine, perhaps. Letting your breathing move down to the lower belly. And as we enter the fellowship of silence, you might like to choose your own soothing mantra to repeat to yourself. All is well, and I am at peace. Or perhaps words from the version of the 23rd Psalm that Jane read earlier. I live in a house of love and always will. Or find some words of your own. And allow those words to fit in with the rhythm of the breath in the silence together now.
all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. Well, Sarah has already expressed some unease about Julian of Norwich's well-known saying, and it is a saying that brings up some rather mixed feelings for me too. Every one or two too many times when things in life have been hard and that phrase has been quoted at me, all will be well. And I thought, nah, mate, too soon. Because for me, I think it's all in the timing. Almost by definition, people trot out this phrase when all is clearly not well, when times are unusually hard. And about eight months ago, as the first wave of COVID really began to bite, I noticed that quite a few Unitarian congregations around the world were doing services on this very topic and looking to Julian of Norwich for comfort and inspiration. So why has it taken us so long to get round to it? Well, one reason perhaps is, I reckon, there's something to be said for looking reality straight in the eye, feeling, acknowledging and naming the not okayness and saying a heartfelt all is not well before we rush to Julian's famous words of consolation. And this is in keeping with an honourable religious tradition, the practice of lamentation, of honestly voicing our woes and railing against the sufferings and injustices of our world. If we're in too much of a hurry to tell ourselves all will be well before we've fully faced up to the horrible realities we might be dealing with, it might make us a bit less likely to usefully engage with that which is not well. Perhaps we might actually need to take some action in relation to the source of our suffering, to protect ourselves or others, to get the help or support we need, to somehow get out of harm's way. Or perhaps it's a situation where recognising that something is not well, really engaging with it rather than burying our heads in the sand or waiting for someone else to come along and fix the problem. Well, that might spur us to band with others, to bring about the social or political change that's needed to make things a little bit better for everyone. For me, this stage comes first, facing up to what is not well and giving voice to our true grief about it. To deny or minimise suffering does a kind of injustice to those who are going through it, I reckon. And it seems that Julian of Norwich herself might not have disagreed with me on this. Uh, just a few months ago, Matthew Fox published this neat and timely little book titled Julian of Norwich, Wisdom in a Time of Pandemic and Beyond referencing the fact, as Sarah's already mentioned, that Julian lived through the time of plague that wiped out about 25 million people in Europe, it's thought. So we might well have quite a lot to learn from her right now. And it turns out her starting point is not all will be well, although she does get there in the end. In this overview of Julian's writing, the first chapter is titled Facing the Darkness. And Matthew Fox writes... The first thing which we must learn is the bluntness and directness with which Julian faces suffering. She's teaching us not to sentimentalise, cover over or, like many politicians, go into denial about the suffering we are undergoing as we face both the coronavirus and climate change. We should not run from the sorrow, fear and grief, but we should stay connected to those feelings. Only the truth will make us free and we must confront that truth directly. James Baldwin put it this way, not everything faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. End quote. So Julian encourages us not to run from the bad news or cut ourselves off entirely from our distress. These can be the engines that power our creative response to the situation we find ourselves in. 
And in fact, it's only after quite a long journey in the last chapter of this book that Matthew Fox comes to Julian's famous saying. Again, he writes, Julian's most remembered refrain is that all will be well, all manner of things will be well. But Julian dismisses all wishful thinking and instead demands that we face the dark directly for what it is. At the same time, because she does not live exclusively in the world of human affairs, she is open to what lies deeper in us and what might come after the darkness of a pandemic. Who knows the possibilities that await a renewed humanity, one that has gone through the fire of the dark night together. Julian counsels us to face our lack of energy and with it our despair and our feelings of helplessness. She encourages us to roll up our sleeves and get to work, to both our inner work and our outer work, our spiritual work and our political work, our mystical and our prophetic work. We can see in Julian's vision of the future, not a naive optimism or wishful thinking, not a spiritual bypass, but a deep call to action. Our wellness as a species and the wellness of the earth itself, it's all relative to our waking up and doing the work. Words from Matthew Fox. Now that's an understanding of all will be well that I reckon I can get behind. It is partly about doing the inner work, facing our despair and our helplessness honestly, and also choosing to notice what is still good in our lives and in life itself, the bits of wellness that remain and which we can connect with, pay attention to and be grateful for, even in the midst of such tough and turbulent times as these. At the very least, we can say, well, we're still here and while there's life, there's hope. It's also about doing the outer work though, putting our shoulders to the wheel in whatever way we can to help make things better for others and to serve the common good. Right now, that might mean wearing masks and staying home, checking in with people who are isolated. It might mean employing a bit of critical thinking and challenging denial or misinformation you encounter. It might mean engaging in neighbourhood mutual aid schemes or supportive communities, just like this one. This sort of outer work is love in action. And it's not just virtuous in terms of benefiting society. In times when we feel personally helpless, doing something constructive is a form of meaning making, a way to keep our own spirits up, a way to hold on to a deeper sense of purpose in our life. So perhaps we might choose to see Julian's words in a slightly different light, not as an overly optimistic prediction that everything might be all right in the happy ever after, but as a call to action in the here and now. Let us commit to this inner and outer work and perhaps Julian's words will indeed come true. All will be well. Amen. Time for us to sing together now. Well, together but apart. You know what Zoom's like. Um, it's a cheery number for us today. And one that I hope you'll take into the rest of your day singing and through whatever the rest of the new year may bring. One more step along the world I go. It speaks of having a constant travelling companion with us through life's ups and downs. God, perhaps, if God language is meaningful to you, or you might like to think of it in more abstract or universal terms. Either way, some source of comfort we can carry with us as we face each new day and encounter whatever life brings us next. Uh, don't worry, Janine's going to make sure we're all thoroughly muted for this bit so you can belt it out safe in the knowledge that you won't be broadcast. The words will appear on your screen shortly and you can sing along with this recording by the Unitarian Music Society or feel free just to listen and bob your head along in a jaunty fashion if you would rather.
some announcements now then. Um, thank you to Janine for her excellent hosting skills today, to Anthony for our reading, Sandra for the lovely music, and of course Sarah for her reflection. Also to Meg Barnhouse, who wrote that reading that we heard earlier. She's also written a song uh, called All Will Be Well, and she's kindly given permission for Unitarians to use that in their services. So we've got a video of her performing that with Kia Hartwood as our closing music today. So thanks for the permission. Perhaps that'll be another one you'll take to heart and keep singing for comfort in the days ahead. As ever, there are a number of opportunities to connect this week. Our regular coffee morning on Zoom at 10.30 on Tuesday. Uh, heart and soul on trust this week just a couple of spaces open tonight uh, friday's already fully booked i'm afraid after the service today we'll have our virtual coffee time to chat in small groups if you'd like to hang around and if you can bear it we like to take a group photo especially when we've got a full house like today uh, after the closing music so do stick around if you're happy to be in a picture for posterity we'll be back on zoom next sunday at 10 for a service and it's fine to bring your friends share the zoom link with trusted others if you'd like to um, just a personal announcement from me. Uh, many of you know that I'm in my final year of ministry training and as part of that training students have to spend time with a congregation on placement and normally you'd have to go somewhere where nobody knows you but given the extremely unusual circumstances we find ourselves in I've been given special permission to do my placement here on home turf. So from today and through the rest of the spring you might occasionally see some of my college tutors popping in to keep an eye on me. Also as you probably saw in the email now that we're moving into this transition period without a minister, um, I'm going to be organising our services. So you'll see a little bit more of me on Sundays. From time to time, I'll also be asking for help with congregational services. And we'll have occasional guest preachers too, not least Sarah, who will be popping in at least once a month. So in view of all that, my job title has now changed to Ministry Coordinator, and I'll be your main point of contact in relation to all our congregational activities. We'll let you know more as we work it all out. Now, uh, Juliet has got an announcement for us. So if I can find her in the gallery view, I will hand over to her. Where are you, Juliet? Where's that blue door? There you are. <laughs> yes, it's a song about a blue door, not a green door. <laughs> well, this is addressed to Sarah. Dear Sarah, because you officially retired on the 31st of December, we thought it would be nice to give you a gift to say thank you. I planned to give you a virtual check today and for it's for what has become known as Sarah's Canoe Fund. I cannot give you even a virtual check today because there are some last minute contributions that I need to include. I can tell you, however, that so far we have collected all your loving friends who wanted to be involved in this. We have collected 1,681 pounds. And I think that may might pay for a life jacket as well yeah. as a canoe. <laughs> I hope to tell you the grand total next week and to let you have a check very soon. And thank you, Sarah, for being our minister.
Oh, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Juliet, for those kind words. And thank you to all of you for turning up today. I mean, we will be here again at 10 o'clock next Sunday and you're very welcome to join us. But I am really touched by your presence. And yeah, I'll get a life jacket and a small flotilla, I reckon, from that amount of money. I'm very touched by that. And I really count myself incredibly fortunate to have had 15 great years with such a warm and loving congregation as Kensington Unitarians. And I'm really fortunate to have found work that I just so enjoyed. I wish everybody could experience that. Um, and I'm really relieved that I'll get to see you all in the months ahead because ties of love, they don't just dissolve, do they, when a job ends? So I'll look forward to seeing you when I do. And really every blessing, every blessing on this community and on the staff and the volunteers who will be holding responsibility now. I reckon this is a congregation in the best of hands. So we're moving towards our closing words now. So if your device allows, you might like to move to gallery view so that you can see all of this community. And Jane is, is extinguishing our chalice flame for us. But the warmth of this community continues and it spreads out to a world so in need of connection and compassion. So let's be gentle companions for one another in the days that lie ahead. Let's reach out to those who we may think be are isolated or troubled and let's do all that we can to bring love to all our dealings with gratitude in our hearts for this gift of life that we share. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be. All will be well. All will be well. All
one does not know, does not know about sorrow. May no one does not know, does not know about pain. She said, no one does not know, does not know about hunger. No one does not know, does not know about shame. She said, all will be well, all will be well. No one does not know, does not know about loneliness, and no one does not know, does not know about disease. She said, No one does not know, does not know about cruelty. She said, I know it's too much. It brought me to my knees where I heard, All will be well, all will be well, all manner. Do you not know, do you not know about tenderness? She said, baby girl, do you not know, do you not know about friends? She said, baby girl, do you not know, do you not know about the spirit? And she said, baby girl, do you not know, it's only love that never ends, it's only love that never ends. And so all will be well, all will be well. 